ever been listening to your favorite podcast and think, hey, I want to start my own? Then you need Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, everyone's favorite word, free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Bibliophile Hour. I am your host slash cousin, Erica the Bibliophile, and we are on day 26 of Read a Book, Record a Podcast, and we are here for part two of The Way My Heart is Built by Nikki Brown. Let's get into it. So we ended part one with monster threatening Sayora with cutting off her relationship with Omega and this book is started with Omega yelling at one of his employees for not doing something right and his anger is misplaced because he know it's because he misses Sayora because he hasn't heard or talked to her in a week and it's knocked him off his square and you know he's thinking back to when he saw her at Rochelle's office and he thinks he should have stayed there and made Rochelle be on her best behavior. But it's like, that's a grown woman. You can't make her do anything. So he apologizes to his employee and says, you know what? As a matter of fact, leave these papers here and I'll take care of it. And you take the day off. And was it just the day? Yeah, the day and like the next day. He gave her a little mini vacation and you know he had to get himself in check and he's also thinking that Sayora might cross him but it's like that's not the case at all Nikki comes in and he's mad to see her because you know seeing her is like seeing Sayora and she's like why are you looking at me like that I need you down at the studio and he's like man where the hell your sister at I've been calling her for days and she's like I don't know about days but she's down in the studio right now so he runs down there he's like can I talk to you for a second and she's like no I'm busy and you know he's trying to be calm he's like it'll only take a few seconds and then I'll let you get back to work can you please and she cuts him off and says no so he pulls her out no not pulls her out he tells everybody else to get out and they leave and he's like you know you promised me you wouldn't push me away. And, you know, of course, he got to be a man. He's trying to hide how vulnerable he is, but he couldn't. And he says, you know, you lied to me. She says, you don't get to do that. Your dick could have cost me everything. And, you know, he's trying to apologize, saying that was before you. It's not going to interfere with what you got going on. She's not going to be a problem. I'll handle her. And she has to let him know she's already a problem. She pushed my hearing back. And then my luck, she's friends with the CPS worker. And he knows her by name, like Crystal Johnson. And she's like, wow, let me guess. You fucked her too. Nah, not like that. Um, But, you know, he's thinking in his head, Saint was the one that was messing with her. And he did her dirty. So he's guilty by association. And he says, you know, let me handle Rochelle. Nah, I think you've handled 
her enough. I got this and I got me. And this pisses him off because he's like, man, stop comparing me to that nigga. We ain't cut from the same cloth. And as soon as he says this, she grabs her neck and he can see the bruise around her neck. And she tells him, you know, the way I see it, I lost my son because of his drugs. And I'm about to lose him again because of your dick. There's not much of a difference to me. And Omega ain't trying to hear all that. He like, man, what happened to your neck? And she won't say nothing. So he brings her into him and says, you know, let me be there for you. Let me help you get through this. I can't. So the words that he's about to say don't get to come out because the door slams open and his baby mama is standing there and she asks him, so you really don't give a fuck about me, huh? And he's like, why are you here, Morgan? Where's my son? Your son? You worried about your son? You're never going to see your son again. Especially if you think you're going to have him around this bitch. And so Sayori like looks around him and sees her face. And she says, you know, I got to get out of here. And he's trying to hold her back. And Megan is like, really? And he thinking it's about him. He's like, look, you left me and I moved on. I don't know what you want me to do. So Sayori walks around him. And he tries to grab her. But she moves and she's walking down the stairs. And Morgan pushed her causing her to stumble and so she stops for a second and she turns around and she says you're hurt and I get it but if you ever put your hands on me again I'm gonna beat your ass no more passes and Omega's like you know she's just in her feelings just calm down and Morgan yells out because she's the reason my sister is dead Megan would still be alive if it wasn't for her she couldn't live without her and it's all her fault so he's like, man, what is you talking about? So she looks at Sayora and says, tell him. Tell him, you murderer. Tell him how your reckless ass killed Lexus. And so Omega then turns to Sayora and is like, you know, what the fuck is she talking about? Tell him how you were selling drugs and then you ran from the police, ran a stop sign and hit my friend. Killing not only her, but my niece and nephew. Tell him. All Sayora says is, it was an accident accident my ass you should still be in jail I can't believe they even let you out and so Omega you know he's confused he's like tell me what happened what difference does it make you're just gonna believe anything that bitch tells you shit happens there ain't shit I can do about it to take it back and you know Megan's like Morgan sorry she doesn't even have any remorse over taking someone's life and that's who you plan to have in front of our son are you crazy and Omega, like, he is trying his best to block Morgan out and looking at Sayora and says, who are you right now? The woman that I was falling in love with wouldn't say no shit like that. And this crushes Sayora because she's like, you know, he should know. He should know me better than that. Why doesn't he know? But she doesn't say anything. She just picks up her bag and start heading towards the door. If you walk out that door, don't come back. And, you know, this breaks her heart because she's trying her best to do what's right and she knows that monster is sneaky and if he said that she needs to stay away from omega or she's gonna lose her son she believes him so she waits like a second and then she walks out the door and also out of omega's life she's heartbroken but she has to do what she has to do for her son so sayora is meeting her mom for lunch and you know how mamas are she can see 
straight through the bullshit. She's like, what's going on? And so at first she just tries to tell her mom that she's fired. She's like, fire, fire wouldn't have you looking like this girl. What happened? So she tells her mom, you know, he found out and her mom is like, how? You remember right before I got sentenced when the two mixed chicks with the long black hair came flying into the courtroom screaming and yelling? And her mom takes a second and she's like, you talking about the heifers I had to put in a headlock? <laughs> and it's just like, can you imagine somebody's mama putting people in a headlock at your court uh, sentencing? But she has a flashback of thinking how her dad had to pry her mama's hands from around who she now knows is Morgan's neck. And she's like, yeah, mom, her. Okay, so what about the little hoe? She's the music whatever's son's mother. And the mom is just like, oh, she's like, yeah. So she tells him this whole story about how I was running from the cops and slammed into the car, killing the girl and her unborn. I wanted to scream and yell that it wasn't true, that it was really an accident, but I kept my mouth closed and left. And her mom is confused. She's like, you should have cleared your name. It's better this way. We both got a lot going on with me trying to get Quest back and him trying to get his son. And now that Morgan knows who I am, there's no way she'll let him have his son. And I could never come between a man and his child. Listen, don't let people like that or your situation stop you from living your life. This don't define you. And she swears that she's not. But her mom was like, you can throw that I'm a peaceful bird bullshit to everyone else but me. I can read you like a book. So cut the shit, little girl. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to need someone. And it's okay to be scared. Stop trying to take on the world by yourself. Let us help you. Let us be there for you. And that's true. Everybody keeps telling her that. Like, you know, we got your back. Let us be there for you. Instead of you just trying to keep it all bottled up inside and not telling anyone. So after Sayora walked out, Omega gets a call that his cousin is in trouble. And so he goes to pick him up while thinking about the look in Sayora's eyes when Megan said she was running from the police didn't match what her demeanor was saying. And, you know, his heart just can't let him believe that Sayora lied to him about the situation. So when he gets Saint in the car, Kane, uh, excuse me, Kane, Saint tells him that the police ran in his trap. And he had talked to FaZe, who told him that he should talk to Jay. And, you know, the same night that uh, Sayora said the night of the sh Oh, about the stuff that Sayora said the night of the show. The stuff didn't sit right with him, and he's not trying to do business with him anymore. Jay told him to do what he felt was right, and he would put his ears to the streets. So when Monster came to re-up, he told him to move around. That was yesterday, and today the police run in his trap. So he's like, you know, that ain't no coincidence. And so Omega's concerned. He's like, you know, what did they find? Not a goddamn thing. I don't trust nobody, and you know that. I had everything moved around. I was shutting down the house when they ran in. So all they found was a little bit of weed. And he's like, you know, so what you gonna do? All I need is proof. I gotta get proof in my hands. And as soon as I do, Monster is canceled. So Omega is telling Saint about the whole situation with what Morgan said about Sayora. And Saint is confused. He's like, but Shorty said she didn't know anything about the drugs. She also said she was arguing with old boy and his bitch. Something ain't adding up. 
And, you know, Omega's thing is, let's say he does believe what Morgan said. It's like, we all cared about Lexus. How I look fucking with her killer. And even if it didn't go down, as Morgan said, Sayora is still responsible for the death of someone that he holds dear to his heart. And so he's saying, he's thinking, I should, I think I should have a conversation with her. And no, Saint said he thinks he needs to have a conversation. And Omega tells him that he fired her. And he, <laughs> Saint says, now I know why your ass sitting over there hotter than fish grease, like country ass. And so Sayora is talking to Nikki and Nikki's like, he fired you? Um, oh no, they're not on the phone. They're in the park. I'm sorry. And Quest is over at the fountain where, you know, you throw the coins in making a wish. And Sayora tells him, make sure you make a good wish. My only wish is to be with you. And he goes back over and Nikki is like, girl, stop trying to avoid me. What do you mean he fired you? That was an accident. It could have happened to anyone. You wait until I see him. And she's like, girl, no. I never told him that she was lying. I just let her talk and him believe whatever she said. And she's like, you know, why would you do that? You should have, um, you know, cleared your name, just like their mom said. And as they're talking, something catches Sayora's eye. So she says, you know, keep an eye on Quest for me and I'll be right back. So she goes into a restaurant where she sees two people sitting down and the hostess like stops her, you know, like, can I help you? And she's like, I'm meeting a few friends. So when she walks over, it's Miss Johnson, the CPS worker and her supervisor, Mrs. Fitz. So the supervisor stands up from her chair. She's happy to see Sayora. She's like, Mrs. Matthews, I've been hearing nothing but amazing things about you. I know that you're ready for this to be over so you can get your hands on that sweet boy of yours. Sayora says, hmm. And Mrs. Fritz is looking confused. She's like, is there something that I don't know? And Miss Johnson tries to jump in and interfere. She's like, oh, no, nothing for you to worry about. Everything is great. And she tells Sayora, Miss Matthews, I'll set up something with you next week about your court date. Oh, the court date that you and Rochelle Tilly push back because of some things I need to work on. And Mrs. Fitz looks at her and uh, Miss Johnson and says, I thought you told me that she was doing great. That was the main reason you were getting this promotion because of the way you're handling this case. It was a delicate one and it needed to be handled with care. You told me you were on top of it. No, no, there was just a misunderstanding. I'm sure we can take care of this promptly. Promptly? Like how you promptly invited my son to our visit? That prompt? Or how you used your relationship with Ro uh, Rochelle Tilly to form opinions about me when you don't know me. And so the supervisor, Mrs. Fitz, she is pissed. She's like, Crystal. Mrs. Mayhew, come down to the office in the morning and ask for me. I'll go ahead and place you on my calendar for 8 a.m. I'll get you set up with a new caseworker and we'll get the ball rolling. Just bring proof of employment and your certificates from the classes that you're supposed to take. If you need help with another lawyer, I can help you with that too. I feel terrible. So Ms. Johnson tries to clear it up, but her supervisor told her, save it. I can't believe what I'm hearing, and I'm sure this is not all of it. And she leaves out the restaurant. And so Ms. Johnson looks at Sayora and says, you think this is funny? I might have just lost my job. It's like, but bitch, you were trying to cause her to lose her son. Is somebody supposed to have sympathy for you? 
And she tells her, you know, you should have thought about that before you put your career in jeopardy for a friend, a very married friend who's mad because the dick that she wants found a new home. And once again, everybody is telling her, you need to be worried about your son instead of Omega. It's like, how do you know I'm not worried about my son? Y'all seem to be the only ones that's worrying about this nigga. And so she tells her, you know, you fucked with the wrong one. I'm tired of playing with y'all about my son. Keep messing with me and losing your job is going to be the least of your worries. And she walks away. And so after they left downtown, Sayora fills Nikki in on what's going on. And, you know, she wants to go talk to Omega on her behalf. But Sayora tells her, you know, I just need you to stay out of it. Let me handle my own storms. No need in both of us getting wet. And Nikki ain't going. She's like, girl, you can miss me with the poetic shit. I'm going to do this. And that's final. You won't let me get dad involved. So you're going to let me help. So you can either deal with me or you can deal with dad. Which one is it going to be? But before she can do that, Brandon is, I believe, outside of her home waiting on her. And she tells him, you know, I got to get to the studio. I ain't got time for this. And, you know... The only thing I care about is my career because for some reason, Brandon feels like he can question her about messing around with Saint. And then he tells her, you know, a career that I helped you start. So she's like, you know what? We're going to nip this in the bud right now. She pulls out her checkbook and writes a check for $5,000. You've now been paid for your services. I should have done that a long time ago and I didn't. But you're not going to keep holding this over my head. And he tells her, you ain't nothing but a money-hungry hoe. As long as I had money, everything was good. Then when I hit a rough patch, you leave a nigga for dead. But it's like, wasn't she the one that's been taking care of y'all? Like, this last part of y'all relationship? And you fell off and just let her take care of y'all. Don't put that on her. So Omega and Saint are out at the club, you know, drinking their troubles away. And Anel walks up um to I was going to say to say to Omega and says didn't think I would see you here and so he starts to get a hard on but as soon as he remembers who she is it goes back down so she was smiling at first but then she like her face cracked because it's just like yeah girl he don't like you like that no more so she goes over to try to get into his lap but he picks her right back up and sits her down beside him and she's like, what's the matter now? I heard you and your convict bitch broke up. Didn't she kill one of your people or something? At least that was that's what Morgan was screaming at the top of her lungs yesterday. And, you know, he's ready to smack her, but he holds it in. And after Nikki told him what really happened, it made him want Sayora even more and to be there for her. But she has to stop running. So he tells her now, you know, move around. We're not doing this anymore. And he's not he. She says, what the fuck is it about this girl? As crazy as you are about your image and what you're trying to do in this industry, you're willing to throw it all away for her. And that's something that's been on his mind, too. But he says he's willing to go through fire if Sayora has his gas mask. And he tells Anel, even if it wasn't Sayora, it wouldn't be you. My days of spending my hard-earned money on lubricant are over, sweetheart. And it's like, damn. Because when he has sex with her, like, she's never just wet off the top. He always has to work to get her worked up. So it's, he got to keep lube on deck. And it's like, 
yeah, I'm not doing that no more. So she gets an attitude and walks away, but then she turns around and says, she's not taking my job. I worked hard as fuck to be a part of MMR. I will sue you if you think otherwise. I let my feelings get the best of me, but now I see that I need to get out of them. And so he's just looking at her like, girl, okay, like, bye. And so they're sitting there drinking for a second, well, for a minute, until Saint says, she gonna make me fuck her up. And Omega's like, what are you talking about? Your bald-headed ass artist, she think I'm playing with her. And she ain't here by herself either. So Omega gets a little nervous about seeing Sayora. And, you know, he wants to talk to her and let her know that he doesn't blame her for Lexus like Morgan did. So he goes down there to find her, like goes down on the dance floor to find her and he doesn't see her. But then he hears somebody say her name and they say, you think I'm fucking stupid, Sayora? I guess you think I'm fucking playing when I tell you I don't want you with that nigga. And she tells whoever she's talking to to get off of her. And so he can see, you know, he followed her voice. And Omega can see that she's talking to Monster. You really trying to lose Quest forever, huh? Nigga, over your dead body. And she slaps him. And Faze is already in his face because Monster tries to hit her back. And he tells him to get the fuck out. And Monster's like, man, watch out. Ain't This ain't none of your business. Just let me handle my shit. And Faze tells him, your uncle's name ain't gonna cover you forever. I said get out. And so Faze pulls out his pistol and points it at Monster's head. I'm about sick of your crybaby entitled, don't want to work for nothing ass. I been told my nigga you was gonna be his downfall, but you his family, so he don't want to listen. We don't share the same bloodline, though. Get the fuck out. And now, Missy done made her way around the corner. And she's like, I go to the bathroom for two seconds and you sniffing around this bitch already. I'm sick of this. I knew the minute we saw her ass walk in, we should have left. So then Monster pulls out his phone and takes a picture in Omega's direction. And it's of Sayora, you know, coming from behind him. And he says, I'll be sure to show this to Miss Johnson. Let her know why you're supposed to have my son you out here hoeing with known drug dealers. And so FaZe done cocked his gun and says, oh, you snitching now? And Monster must have forgot where he was at because he's looking back and forth between Omega and FaZe because now Omega's gun is on his head as well. So he got two guns pointed at him. But then Omega looks around the room and realizes that they have too many eyes on them. So he tells FaZe to chill. And Faith tells uh, Monster, get out and don't come back. Either one of you. Next time, there won't be a warning. Just bloodshed. And your bitch ass is on your own now, as far as I'm concerned. So Faith checks on Sayora and is like, you know, are you all right? She's like, I'm good. I can take care of myself. And then she turns to Omega and says, you just keep fucking shit up for me, don't you? Omega done had enough. He's like, Faze, let me use your office for a minute. But Faze looking between the both of them, he said, no, nah, y'all ain't finna be in my office fucking. Here, take the dressing room key. And Sayori tries to walk off, but he picks her up caveman style and throws her over his shoulder and is walking through the club. And Nikki is teasing her like, ooh, you in trouble. She says, man, fuck you, Nikki. You're supposed to be my sister and you knew his ass was gonna be there. So they go in the back 
And, you know, he tells her, I know it was an accident. You were upset and you weren't thinking straight. I know that if you were in your right mind, it would have never happened. We all love Lexus, but it was a horrible tragedy. And I don't blame you. But your baby mama does. And that will make stuff harder on you. That's not what I want or need on my conscience. Morgan is not and never will be your problem. That's all on me. And I can assure you I can handle her. The only reason I let her get away with this shit this far it's because of my son. I didn't want to play dirty because I know OJ loves his mother. But if it comes down to it, I would do whatever it takes to get my son. And that's a promise. You don't need to worry about that. I got me. But let me have you too. And she's like, it's just so much going on. He's like, tell me so I can fix it. I don't want you to fix it. I need to do this on my own. That won't work for me. Because, you know, like he's a man used to taking care of problems and he just wants to help her. And he's like, you know, Rochelle can be taken care of in a phone call in any way you want it to happen. And so she tells him, you know, Monster threatened me to stay away from you. He said that if I ever wanted to see my son again, I needed to get as far away from you as I possibly could. And, you know, he's telling her, I got it. Don't worry about it. And... She's like, no, I don't want to deal with you because he said that you sell drugs. Are you still in the drug game? And he's like, I'm in it, but I'm not really in it. Like, I'm not selling drugs. I ain't got nothing to do with it, but I still get money from it. And so she's trying to use that as another excuse to not mess with him because that's going to come back on her. He's like, man, stop trying to make excuses to run from me. I'm not running. I just got shit to do. Shit that we can do together. And she's just like so afraid of monsters she's like you don't know what he's capable of he could bring trouble to both of us no it's him that don't know what i'm capable of stop doubting me and trust me and so they make up and everything is good and a couple hours earlier nikki like talked to omega and let him know what really happened so of course she set it up for them to come to the club and them see each other and now that Sayora is off with Omega, it's time for her and Saint to talk. So he's pushing up on her saying, you know, you're really trying to get hemmed up, ain't you? And she's like, seriously, Saint, you said you wasn't fucking with me like that. And I respect that decision, even though I wasn't the one who offered up the choice. And he laughs and, you know, that kind of irritated her a little bit. So she turns to walk off, but he grabs her arm and brings her closer and says, when I told you you were going to be Mrs. Brayson, I meant that. But you got to get your head right before we take this step. In the meantime, the bullshit you got on right now is unacceptable. Or like you going through right now, not her clothes. And she tells him, you know, you're too judgmental for me. I can't take this. He says, oh, you thought any of that was up for debate? Your bald head ass going to learn something. <laughs> and I don't mean to laugh, but it's just like, I think I said this before. Hearing couples talk to each other sometimes, it's just like, damn, do y'all love each other or do y'all hate each other? But anyway, as the night goes on, after she walks away from him, she catches glimpses of him and a girl arguing, and then he would cut his eyes to her, and then whoever the girl he was talking to would follow. And at one point, the girl was headed Nikki's way, but Saint grabs her, gives her a look, and then the woman leaves out the club. And Nikki realizes that she's the woman from when her and her sisters were at the restaurant that walked up like, hey, our table is ready. And it's just like, bitch, did nobody ask for you? And so she rolls her eyes at him and then just like leaves 
him alone, basically. But anyway, then she's approached by someone who says, he made me kill my baby because of you. And Nikki manages to get out the way in time for a bottle to not hit her in the head, but it cuts her on the arm and it makes a deep gash. And she's like, bitch, have you lost your mind? And she swings and punches the girl in the face. And she realizes that it's the pregnant woman that she hit the night of her show that was there with Brandon. And the woman is still going on. Like, he said I had to kill my baby because you wouldn't be with him if he had a baby by someone else. Do you know how dumb you sound right now? He lied to you, sweetheart. Get used to it. Especially if you're this upset about a decision you made on the strength of him. Because I'm like... He did not make you get an abortion because as soon as you get into that office, they ask you if you really wait. Why am I talking like I know from experience? I ain't never had no abortion. But from what I've heard and from what I've read, they ask you if this is something that you really want to do before you go through with it. And nobody can force you to do anything. You could have just stopped fucking with that nigga and raised your baby on your own. You just wanted him and you thought doing what he said would work out better in your favor. And so... The girl raises the bottle again, but Brielle comes out of nowhere and snatches it out of her hand and hits her with it. And Nikki's like, Brie, you pregnant, stop. And so Faye's come out of nowhere like pregnant and now he's glaring at Brie. But Brie grabs her arm and is like trying to leave. And Faye's like, man, you got me fucked up. You got some explaining to do. And she's trying to use Nikki as an excuse. And he's like, you must think I'm playing. You really don't know who I am. Go up to my office. I got a doctor who's a homeboy and he's on his way. So while they're in his office, Nikki notices that Brielle is moving around like she's really comfortable and knows where everything is. And she's like, oh, I see what's going on. But he didn't know. And Brielle's like, no, he didn't. But thanks to you and your big ass mouth, now I don't have a choice about what I do. And she's like, girl, don't get mad at me. You and Sayora and all these secrets that y'all try to keep is the reason why y'all in the mess y'all in now. Um, That nigga looking like he want to choke slam you and Omega being carried through the club like a caveman. That's on y'all. That ain't got nothing to do with me. And it's like, I don't get it too. With y'all growing up with the type of dad that y'all have. And, you know, he loves all of them and he'll protect all of them. And he's like basically that nigga why do y'all feel like y'all got to hide and run when y'all got help, but you running away from the help? It literally makes no sense. And so, you know, they're still talking and she's like, now I won't have a choice in what I want to do. So Nikki, just leave it alone. And the door slams open and FaZe asks, what choice besides having my baby was there? And Brielle wants to talk about it in confidence, but he's like, no, nah, it seems like there's enough talking going around. I'm just confused as to why I'm the last to know that I was going to be a father. And so he moves closer to Bree. But, oh, and I forgot to mention, Sayora is now in the room, you know, checking on her. And so they both move in front of him as well. And so he looks at them as like to get out of my way. But Sayora tells him, you know, you cool and all, but we'll jump you behind our sister. So he pulls out his phone, like texts a few things and then puts it back in his pocket and before anyone else can make a move or say anything, the door burst open and Omega and Saint are walking in with like scowls on their faces. And Nikki's like, look, saying, I ain't got time for you. Leave me alone. And Saint tells her, you know, see, this is what I'm talking about. This could have went all wrong. What if she would have hit you in your head and didn't stop? 
Your sisters would have been planning a funeral. You got to be smarter. So Brielle comes to her defense and it's like, she didn't even do nothing. She was sitting at the bar minding her business. And the girl came over to her with her shit. Nikki didn't even engage her. And Nikki also says, you know, don't even worry about it. I ain't coming back to this club. Faze, your club is bad luck. He's like, nah, my shit was uh popping until y'all came in. And he's pointing at Nikki and Sayora. I ain't never had to break up so many fights in my life. I was feeling sorry for my people for falling for y'all dramatic asses until I found out that my baby mama shared the same blood. And <laughs> she like, what that's supposed to mean, Franklin? And I'm like, nigga, your real name, Franklin? But anyway, he's like, the only thing you need to be saying to me is when the next appointment is for our child. And Omega asks Sayora if she's coming with him. And Nikki's like, wait, I can't drive. Can y'all at least take me home? And saying like, no, are you rolling with me? She's like, um, actually not. How else you gonna get your car? My car better be outside. It is. Outside my house. Now, like I said, let's go. I'm already over you tonight, so don't make it worse. So the next morning, Saint and Nikki are having a conversation. And he gets further into depth about what happened to his mom. You know, we already know that his mom used to chase the women that her dad would cheat around with. And this last particular time, she took him with her because his granny told her, no, I'm not watching your kids while you go out and do this bullshit. So they rode around all over town until his mom found his dad's car and she beat up both his car and the woman's car and then went to go knock on the door. And the woman answered the door with a gun and she killed his mom right in front of him and he had to see it. And, you know, his thing is, is this is why I don't want to deal with a woman like that. And I don't want to cause a woman to act like that. And he's like, you know, I just need you to stop reacting to everything. Not everyone and everything deserves a response. And he's like, you know, I'm feeling you, but until you can get yourself under control, you know, we just cool. Like, it's going to happen, but it's not going to happen right now. And she's cool with that, like, for the time being. Monster has been following Sayora and Omega everywhere. And right now, he's at his car wash. And Brandon knocks on the door to tell him that Omega's mom is out there. And so, Monster tells him, you know, send her back and tell everyone not to disturb us. And his disgusting self, he gives her drugs and tells her, you know, to go down on him. And so now that's a new relationship that they have. Also, why he wants her to do some secret like mission or operation for him. And he has to go pick up Quest and he tells Quest to stay in the car while he goes to talk to his friend. And when he gets over to the guy, he's like, so since when do we bring kids to business deals? And it's drugs and money being exchanged, but Monster's supposed to have $50,000 and he only has thirty. He's like, you know, I'll get you the next 20 in two days. Shit has been slow. Like, so how you going to re-up if you ain't got no fucking money to buy the drugs that you coming to re-up with? If it's already slow where you ain't got my money now, I'm not co-signing shit. No, if you ain't got all my money, you don't get nothing. So Sayora and Omega, you know, they're back on and 
she jokes with him like am i still fire and he just looks at her as if she's crazy sayora knows that monster has been following her around you know that's one of the things her dad taught her was to always watch her surroundings so she noticed the very first day he's been doing it but she's just you know not saying anything to make him think he's getting away with it and she's still traveling around by uber because she still has anxiety about driving her dad and omega have tried to get her to drive but she just can't do it so she's going to the nail shop and like the owner of the shop has her sitting in this chair and is like you know i'll get right with you in a second so missy walks in and says who is in my chair so the owner says, the last time I checked, the name on the building was nailed by Nessa. Nowhere does it says anything about Missy. You can leave and come back when the chair is free if you feel away. And so Missy has to humble herself and says, you ain't even got to do all that. I'm just saying, everybody knows Friday at 11, I'm here and I sit in that chair. Like I said, there is no name stamped on that chair, but mine. My client was here first and she's going to be serviced in that chair. If you don't like it, reschedule your appointment. Now, this is a very popular shop. So she knows if she leaves, she ain't going to be able to get in for another two weeks. And so the owner tells her, you know, have a seat or leave. And so she sits down like a little kid huffing and puffing. You would think with as much money I spend in here, I would get a little bit of respect. And once again, the owner tells her everybody who's waiting in here spends money. You think just because you ended up with Monster by default that the world is supposed to lay at your feet? And so at this point, Sayora, she chuckling, but she gets up and she says, no, nah, it's cool. If it's that deep, she can have the seat. I damn sure ain't trying to go back to jail over something else she wants of mine. And Missy stands up and looking at her, Sayora can do nothing but like shake her head. She's Missy's standing there with a weave ponytail that's just like Sayora's real hair. And the all white jumpsuit she has on is identical to a suit that Sayora just had on at the club. And even her makeup looks like hers where it's light and not like too much to where Missy always has makeup caked on her face. And so she's trying to play Sayora, what you following me now? And she's like, nah, but your nigga following me has been for the last month. And she's like, you wish. She was like, no, I don't. And I know for a fact that he's been following me. But she switches gears and she says, if I hear anything that remotely sounds like you're mistreating my son while he's in your care... I'm going to walk in your house and I'm going to fuck you up. When you lied to the police, you took on the role of stepmama. So you better be treating him as such until I feel like taking that title away from you. My name is Karma. Nice to meet you. And so she turns towards the door. But Sayora calls out to her and says, tell Monster I said stop being a stalker. He's in the Black Crown Vic on the other side of the road. That's his last warning. The next one will come from Grimm. So when Missy gets outside, she sees the car exactly across the street where Sayora said it would be. And she goes over and she hits him with her purse through the window. And she's like, are you fucking serious? You following this bitch? And this fool says, no, nah, I was about to hit up the barbershop. She's like, nigga, you lying. You don't even go to the barbershop over here because those are saints people. 
you didn't know I was here. So you can't say you was here for me because I always park around the back and you never bother to find out anything like this about me. But yet, you know when and what time this bitch gets her nails done. And she's asking him, you know, why can't you just let this go? We did what we did and now it's over. You told me that you didn't love her and that you did that for us. Now you stalking her? We got kids. What the fuck? And he like, man, just go home. She's like, no, I ain't coming home. So I hope you're going to be there for the kids because I'm out. So she's at a bar drinking and traveling back down memory lane when everything happened. So after the crash, I guess, well, those two are still conscious. So Monster told her when they ask you anything, just act like you don't know shit. And she's like, you know, she's never going to forgive us. He's like, you ain't got to worry about forgiving anyone if you don't do what I tell you to do. There are drugs in the trunk of this car, enough to send us all to jail for the rest of our lives. When they ask, tell them that they're yours. She's like, what? We can't do that. We've already done enough, don't you think? And he starts filling her head with lies, saying, Missy, she don't give a fuck about you. She didn't even want to come and get you. I had to beg her to come and get you because I love you and make sure that you were okay. And it's just like, nigga, you did the exact opposite. But when somebody starved for affection and love, you know, what can you do? And he also tells her, so you always said that you were a hoe. And if you that if you stop fucking on all these niggas that you wouldn't keep getting caught up. She doesn't love you like I love you. Do this for me. And I promise it's me and you forever, baby. You ain't gonna never have to worry about shit. And so her believing what he said, her feelings hurt now thinking that Sayora really said this about her and that their friendship isn't as strong as it was and how she never meant to fall for monster, which is some bullshit that uh, so-called friends always say. And she had a horrible home life and he was there for her when Sayora couldn't be. And she actually had him first, at least physically anyway. And it killed her that she was potentially ruin her, ruining her friendship. It's like, girl, you already did that. And this is just like, uh, what was that? She gave her all to the hood's finest by Siobhan Latrice, where, what was it, Isis? She was sleeping with him first. But it's like, if you don't make that known to your friend, how do you feel a way that you're not with this person? Because I'm pretty sure if Sayora knew that Missy was sleeping with him first, she wouldn't have never got with him or said anything to him so she's like just me and you after all of this is over no matter what happens so of course he's gonna promise that in this moment just to get himself free and when they get to the hospital she had a concussion and a broken wrist and monster only had a few bruises and cuts but sayori you know she was unconscious so she starts to regret everything until the detectives walk into her room and they asked, you know, ma'am, what were you doing in the car before the incident? And she was like, you saw that I was in the back seat, or I know you got information that I was in the back seat. I was getting a ride. And they're like, cut the shit. We found coke and a lot of it in the car, and someone is going down for it. Now, your boyfriend says that it belongs to the driver of the car, but from what I understand, you were all friends. And it's like, how does nobody clock that? He's in a relationship with Sayora instead of Missy. It's like your boyfriend. And she's like, I swear I don't know anything about drugs. So she's crying, putting on a show. And one of the detectives gives her a sympathetic look and gives her tissue. And she's like, me and my boyfriend caught a ride from Sayora. And then there was an accident. That's all I know. 
And so Monster's words are ringing back in her head. And guilt is in her heart, supposedly. But she can't afford to go to jail. Like, bitch, nobody can afford to go to jail. Nobody wants to be in jail, even if they belong there. But that's what happens when you do wrong. But anyway, she sticks to the story that Monster told her. And, you know, they got to live their happily ever after. Or what she thought was her happily ever after. But things only got worse from there. She thought that it was just going to be just the two of them. And it never was. And she starts crying. And a guy walks up to her and says, you know, what's a pretty girl like you doing here, sitting here, drinking and crying? And so she starts talking to the guy and telling him her life story. And he offers to buy her drinks. So Omega has a new lawyer who asks him, you know, tell me how you want to do this. I work for you. We can go low and as dirty as you want, or we can take the high road. And Omega lets him know, you know, it all depends on my baby mama. I'm trying to be an adult. And because my son is involved, because he doesn't realize how twisted his mom is. And the lawyer says, well, your court date is coming up soon and I need to know something. I'm good at what I do, but you have to give me what I need to do that. And so he says, you know, give me to the end of the day. But in the, at the meantime, you know, do what you got to do, get started. And he's also Sayora's lawyer. So he's like, you know, how are things going with her? And the lawyer says, I don't know who this Quintrell guy is or who he has in his pocket, but he has someone doing something on his behalf. It's going to take a lot more to get him than it will to be to get Morgan. That's for sure. But I'm up for the challenge. And, you know, he got his people on it. And Omega tells him, you know, do whatever you got to do, but keep uh, Quest safe and out of the bullshit, but don't spare anyone else. And, you know, they wrap up their meeting and he goes to his car and gets in, but then he sees something that isn't right. So he gets out his phone and he records for a few minutes. And after he saves it and sends it to someone, he goes over to the person it's morgan and some guy that she has holding uh baby oj and so omega's like if you don't put my goddamn son down right now and he grabs his son and he starts walking away and he looks at morgan like so you got somebody to play family with so why you bugging me and he starts walking away and she's like, you ain't taking my son nowhere. He's like, you want to bet there ain't a legal custody order yet. And I'm his father. You want to be playing with my son's feelings because I don't want you no more. But yeah, you fucking with this nigga. So he turns to the guy and was like, you know, do you know that she was just begging to suck my dick? And she's like, you over there playing house with that bitch that killed one of our best friends. You think that shit is okay? You grinning all up in her face while my sister and best friend are six feet under and you think I'm going to be cool with that hoe? Get out of here. And she also tells him, if you take my son, I'm calling the police. Call him. You know exactly where I'm going to be at, Morgan. And he's looking at the guy that she's with, trying to see if he can place him somewhere. Because he looks familiar, but it's not adding up. So then she starts begging. Omega, stop. Please don't take my baby. He's all I got left. I need him. And so he tells her, you know, when you get out your feelings and feel like we can co-parent, call it, call me. Until then, get out my face. So he takes, you know, his son and they go to the studio. And when they get there, O'Neal, here she go being thirsty. Oh my gosh, she's so cute. 
And she walks over to OJ like, what's your name? And Omega stops her like, nah, get on my baby face. I don't play it by my son. Like, don't, don't do that. And she's like, you know, I was just saying, hey. And baby OJ speaks up and says, I don't like her. <laughs> so everybody that's in the room, because they're re uh, rehearsing for Nikki's show, they bust out laughing. And here comes Sayora in the room. And he gives her a kiss. And she sees baby OJ and she bends down to say hello. And he looks at Omega and he's like, daddy, I like her. And Nikki's like, well, what about me? Because obviously she knows the baby because her and uh, Omega are cool like that. Got that brother sister relationship. And he gives her a hug, but he runs right back over to Sayora. So Omega jokes with him and is like, dude, we're going to fight over my woman. I can fight daddy. You showed me. And <laughs> so again, the room busts all laughing. I thought that was so cute. So Sayora goes to sit down and OJ climbs right into her lap. He has his dad phone. So, you know, they tight already. And Nikki like, you know, they cute and all, but we got a problem. And Anel says, you always got a problem. She's like, you can shut up and leave. So they're um, singing and Anel brought in a background singer for the track. And when they play it back, Omega can see what the problem is and why Nikki is so aggravated. And it's because they're not harmonizing. The background singer is trying to outsing Nikki. And it's like, we can't have that. You are background vocals only, sweetie. This ain't diary. I'm not Alicia Keys and you are not old boy. And so Nikki gets or tries to get Sayora to come into the booth. And she's like, no. She's like, I'm serious. Maybe you can show her what you mean because... Sayora spoke up and she was like, you know, it's not that her voice is bad. She just needs to put some feeling behind it. And she tells Nikki, you know, you think you slick and you're not. So Omega is like, well, do it for me. And here go baby OJ. Yeah, and me too. It's like, what is going on? But she gets behind the booth. You know, she sounds beautiful. She gets like basically a standing ovation. And... The, but then the door flies open and it's security. They tell Omega, boss, we have a problem. So he gets Sayora and Nikki to watch baby OJ and he's walking outside. But before he does, he calls his lawyer and says, you know, she's at my studio on that dumb shit. He says, I know. And I'm two minutes out and the temporary custody papers have been filed. So Omega, like, how you know? And he's like, you told me to move forward. So it's my job to know everything. So when Omega gets outside, Morgan is standing there with two cops putting on the show, just bawling her eyes out. And Omega's like calm, cool, and collective. Like, how can I help you? You kidnapped my son. I'm his father. You can't kidnap your own son. And he tells the police, my lawyer is on the way. You are more than welcome to wait in the lobby for him. Once he gets here, he will have the uh, excuse me, the necessary paperwork that you'll need. This is a civil dispute and there's not much we can do besides ask you to give the lady back her son. Y'all handle this in court like adults. And for some reason, which I don't understand because I wouldn't have told these cops shit. But Omega breaks down the whole story about what's going on. But here comes his lawyer and he gives the paperwork to the officers that lets them know that Omega has temporary custody of the child. And he also gives a copy to Morgan, but she slaps it out of his hand. 
And for a minute, Omega, like his demeanor turns cold, but he switches it back on. And I mean, did I say Omega? I meant the lawyer. But Omega tells her, you know, I tried to be nice about this, but you didn't want nice. So I had to do it my way. Get a good lawyer. And his lawyer cuts in and says, and I mean a good one. Because he just know he about to do his job. And so Morgan is like, you think this is funny? You think taking a baby away from their mother is funny? But then I, I shouldn't expect anything less seeing as you were raised by a goddamn crackhead. And it's like, really, bitch? You trying so hard to get y'all back as a couple, but then you say shit like that? And you talking about taking a baby away from his mother. What about the father? It ain't like he a deadbeat. He wants to parent. You just want him to be with you and he don't have to be with you. And he's about to step to her because you know you know how he feel about his mama. But his lawyer, Hollister, you know, he steps in front of him and said, no, we're going to do this the right way. And now that the theatrics are over, it doesn't matter who raised him. I would say he's done qu- quite well for himself. He does take care of you, doesn't he? And, you know, her eyes get big and, you know, she can tell that the threat that he just delivered. It's like, you talking all this shit about him, but don't he give you money and don't he take care of you? So how you got room to talk? And since he now has custody of his son, Omega is stopping the payments that he's been uh, giving her. So he tells security, you know, get them out of here. Get her gone. And now she wants to beg again, like, Omega, don't do this, please. How am I supposed to live? And he tells her, you know, ask the nigga you've been with. And you should have thought about that before you started all this bullshit. It's like you had it good without having to get the courts involved. And since you want to play, since you just got all the power, I'm going to show you who really got the power. And we're going to do this the right way. So Nikki and Sayora are having a conversation and... You can notice when Omega steps back into the room, Sayora was talking, but she just stops and stares at him and they catch each other's eyes. And Nikki says, ooh, my baby is in love. But Sayora says, I'm not in love, but I'm getting there as soon as I get this shit taken care of. And Miss Johnson was fired the minute she walked into that restaurant. And then after she told their mom about it, their mom went the extra mile to make sure that she was fired. And Nikki tells her, you know, what you need to do is go ahead and have that talk with dad so he can handle it. You know, if you give him the word um, by morning, all of your troubles will be over. They would, but they already used dad against me once. And Nikki's like, you know, what is you talking about? And all Sayora says is, I can't. The last thing I need is to bring dad into my shit. This lawyer is going to help me get quest by any means. And right now, that's all that matters. And Nikki tells her, you know, you don't think that monster's going to fight you on this? You've already pissed him off. You need dad. If it comes down to that, I'll let him know. But right now, I got it, Nick. Trust me, I'm in good hands. And so they're wrapping up and getting ready to leave. And Nikki's trying to slide out the building. But like Omega tells her, you know, we don't play that. Let me walk you out. But she walks out the building anyway because she's on the phone with Saint. So she thinks she's good. But when she gets to her car, her car is vandalized. And she starts screaming and Saint is like, you know, what's wrong? Talk to me. Tell me where you are. And all she says is my car. And he's like, I can't help you if you don't tell me where you are. So and somebody wrote homewrecker on her car and she's confused because she's like, who would write homewrecker on my car? 
And there's just so much damage to her car. And Satan is like, come on, man, tell me where you at. I'm on my way. And she's like, no, you don't have to. He's like, man, shut up. I'm on my way. And so Omega tells them to come back inside so they can watch the tapes to see who did it. And as Saint makes his way over to her, you know, he's just thinking about Nikki and how he wants to be with her. But he's holding back on having sex with her because that's what happens in most relationships. The physical clouds your judgment and then you don't really get to see who that person is until it's too late. And that's something that he regrets with a past relationship. And he's only had one other relationship and it wasn't healthy. It was toxic. So as he's making his way to the studio, he gets a call from FaZe who tells him that he has some information for him and he needs to talk to him and Omega at their earliest convenience. And then you hear in the background, where's my sister? Tell her to come and save me from his mean ass. And it's real in the background. And he's like, man, don't listen to her. She's just mad because I won't let her argue with her husband. And they hang up and then he gets there and has Omega rewind the footage and it plays from the time that a blacked out Kia rolled into the parking lot right up to Nikki's car and starts to spray paint all over it. But whoever it is, you can tell it's a woman, but her face is covered and she made sure to shy away from the cameras as if she's done this before. So she kicked out the taillight and right as she's about to leave, she threw something through the back window and Saint notices that somebody came outside in the corner and they watch and Omega jumps up and is headed for the door. But Sayor is like, wait, what's going on? And he says, Anel watched, he, uh, Anel walked outside and saw what happened and didn't say anything. She knew what it was and just came back in here chilling like it was nothing. So Nikki was in the bathroom, but she heard that. So she comes running out and, you know, runs out the door straight to Anel and says, so you saw them fucking up my car and you didn't say nothing? And she just shrugs and says, it wasn't my business. So Nikki just started whooping her ass. And Anel is screaming, somebody get her off me. She's like, man, you whack-ass bitch. You just mad that Omega doesn't want you. Excuse me. And she says, it be the motherfuckers with the most mouth who can't even fucking fight. If I find out you have something to do with that, it's on sight every time I see you. And so Saint grabs her off like, man, baby, chill. She ain't even worth all that. And Omega tells Anil, you know, that's fucked up. And I really can't have people like that on my team. You out here acting with your pussy and not your wallet. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to let you go. She threatens to sue him. But he says, you remember those cameras that I told you about? And you know what happened at the last company that you worked at? You really trying to go down that road with me? I'm not trying to do you dirty like that. But before I cut you off, you did your job. I got a lot of complaints, but you did your thing nonetheless. Now it's at the end of the road. I got so much shit that I swept under the road because we were cool. Trust me, this termination is warranted. Go clear out your office and the uh and your locker. And so Saint asks her, you know, if she's good and he's rubbing her head and he's like, you know, I already got a guy that's going to come pick up your car. I'll have it looking brand new. You ain't even got to worry about it. And he also asks her if she wants to come to his house for the night. And she says, yeah, I want to get drunk and have sex. And I don't care about all that. I'm not ready. You said you got me, so have me in every way possible. So he takes her back to his house and they have sex. But he tells her, you know, once we cross this road, that's it. So Missy has been creeping around with the guy that she met at the bar. 
His name is Ian and he's offered to help her get out of her situation with Monster. And he knows about her kids. He's like, I can help you get away from all of that. We ain't got to worry about nothing. But she tells him, you know, like I'm too far in and I've hurt too many people and I don't want to drag you down with me. I'm just going to handle it on my own. But while she's messing around with Ian, she's late picking up her kids. So she drives home and sees that monster isn't there. So she knows that they're at the car wash. And that upsets her because she doesn't like her kids being up there. But it's like, if you know that, then why wouldn't you be on time to pick up your kids? It's like, okay, yeah, you cheating because you got a no good nigga. And you got like ties to him. So you have to stay. But your kids come first, girl. But hey. Anyway, so she gets to the car wash and the kids are out in the waiting room, not even in the office. And her daughter tells her, um, dad has a friend back there in the office and he said, be quiet for a minute. And she says that her daughter is her only real friend. How is a four-year-old your only real friend? But anyway, she gets to the office and the closer she gets, you can hear moaning and panting. And so she bursts in the room. No, even before she bursts in the room, excuse me, she hears, shit, Quintrell, you fuck me way better than Omega does. That nigga ain't got shit on me. No, baby, he doesn't. And it's like, how, like, how is that sexy to y'all talking about somebody else and what somebody else does in the bedroom? That is so, ugh. Anyway, so she opens the door and the door isn't even locked. And she's standing there watching them have sex. And she clears her throat and says, Sayor is a lawyer? Are you that pressed to get that bitch's attention? And so he tells her to get out, but he doesn't move from detaching himself from Rochelle. And she's like, really? Your kids are less than 100 feet away and you fucking this bitch like it's okay? After everything I've been through with you? She's like, I can't believe you. You are one sick son of a bitch. I hope you got every, I hope you get everything that you deserve. Don't worry about me and my kids. We won't be there when you get back and your secrets are no longer safe with me. And he's like, you worried about me, but you walking around with hickeys on your neck. And Ian gave her like a diamond necklace and she's just walking around out with it freely. And he snatches it off of her and she's like fighting him to get it back. But he smacks her and tells her, you know, get off me. And he smacks her so hard that she flies into the wall. And she's like, you know, I hate you. I hate your dumb ass too. I should have said those drugs belong to you. At least I would have had the woman I wanted. Excuse me. And Rochelle was just standing there watching it all. And she tells her, you know, this is life with Monster. Get out while you can. And she's like, you know, I have to get out of here. I could lose my license being here. But you weren't thinking about that while you was having sex with him. So don't do it now. And now that you see what's really going on. And Sayora and Omega are on their way to the car wash because Quest's bag was left in Monster's trunk. And she wanted to forget the bag and just buy him all new stuff. But his phone was in there. So Quest is like, you know, mom, I need my phone. I need my phone. And they're in the backseat. Oh, um, Quest and Omega have met. He also met little baby OJ. So, you know, they're like a little family. And Quest and OJ are like the best of friends. You know, like I said, they're many family. And Omega tells her, you know, like... I got y'all. Don't worry about it. 
And OJ and Q is like, yeah, ma, us. We all in this together. And she's like, all right, I can't do this. Y'all not about to be ganging up on me. But as soon as they pull into the parking lot, Sayora just gets this feeling. Like her heart starts beating fast. Her hands are sweaty. And she's hot. And she could just feel it. But Omega tells the boys to stay in the car because she was about to get out. But he tells her, like, hold on, we going together. And so Sayora sees Monster and Rochelle, like, rubbing all over each other in public. And she takes pictures before she, you know, breaks it up. Like, um, can I get my son back, please? And so when Rochelle sees them, she gets, like, her eyes get big. And she hurries to her car and pulls out of the parking lot. It's like, bitch, we don't saw you now. You caught. And she gets the bag. And Missy is walking through with her children. Oh, yeah. And the little boy. Because Missy has a son and a daughter. The little boy gives Sayora's the bag. And she goes and opens the door where Quest is. And it was like, you know, you want to say hi to your brother and sister? But Quest looks at her, then looks at Missy, and Sayori tells him, you can say hi to your brother and sister, and there ain't not one person that's going to stop you. And, you know, that pisses her off, because it's just like, Missy really been treating him like that, to where he got to look at her for permission to speak. But he gets out, and, you know, the kids all run and hug each other, and then he gets back in the car. And Missy tells her, look, I've done some fucked up shit in my life and I'm not proud of it. And I'm trying to make it right. That will be the last time they see each other because I'm gone. And she also tells her, you know, be careful. He's working with the cop. He has been since that day. And so, you know, they get their stuff and get back in the car. And Omega warns her, you know, there's an undercover cop that's been following us since we left the car wash. And he tells her, you know, to call the lawyer and as soon as he says that, you know, there's flashing red and blue lights. And he tells the kids, you know, everything is going to be all right. Don't worry about it. And Quest starts to, like his voice starts to tremble. And he says, you know, I don't want them to take mommy back to jail. Daddy said he's going to send her back. And Omega promises him, like, you know, I promise mommy's not going anywhere. And when the lawyer gets there, no. The lawyer's on the phone and he says, Miss Matthews, just the woman I wanted to talk to. And she says, yeah, well, right now we're being stopped for no reason at all. And Omega wanted me to call you. And she puts the phone on speaker. So Omega says, hold on. And when he rolls down the window, he asks the officer, you know, how can I help you? And the officer gets right to it and says, license and registration, please. Can you tell me why I was stopped? License and registration, please. And, you know, like he doesn't say anything else. And the lawyer makes himself known. And he's like, you know, I'm Matt Hollister. I'm the lawyer for both Omega True and Sayora Mayhew. And I would like to have your badge number. My client has asked you for a reason for being stopped. And you have and you have to provide that reason. If you can't provide one, then I'm going to assume that this is a mistake or maybe harassment. Either way, my client can capitalize off of it. And Quest says, hey, I know him. That's daddy's friend. We go meet him late at night to get stuff from him and we give him money. And so the detective says, you folks have a good day. And he goes back to his car and, you know, like pulls off. And Sayora looks back at Quest and he smiles. And so she asks, you know, your dad takes you to meet him? Yeah, because Missy won't watch me because she says she's tired of pretending to be my mom. But she's never been my mom. You are. But look, I have pictures, so that's why he wanted his phone so bad. 
And he says, you know, I always take pictures and videos of stuff. That's why I have to have my phone. I wanted to make sure I got pictures and videos to remember everything by. And so when he shows them his phone, there's pictures of Monster with the detective and duffel bags of Coke. And so, you know, the lawyer is still there and he's like, you know, I heard everything. Um, Send those photos to me and we'll meet up in the morning and talk about a few things. Monster is still at the car wash, once again, meeting up with Omega's mom, doing that nasty shit they do. When the detective shows up to his car wash through the back door and he damn near pushes Monster down to get in and he asks him, you know, how dumb can you be? Your son picked me out, told his mother that I was your friend and you get stuff from me. Do you know what kind of position that puts me in? And Monster like brushes it off, brushes it off saying, you know, he's five years old with a wild imag- imagination. No one is going to believe anything that he says. And Sayora don't count. She's a convicted drug dealer. So her credibility is shot. Stop worrying. And, you know, he's laughing it off, like going to sit down like ain't nothing wrong. And the detective pulls out his gun and puts it in his face. And he's like, you know, I should have locked you up a long time ago. I should have known you would never hold up your end of the bargain. It should have been you that got locked up for them drugs five years ago. The only reason I let you go was because you told me that you would help me catch the big fish. Said you would be my eyes and ears on the street. Then help me get the people who would bump my pay grade to where I needed to be. So I don't, so I wouldn't need punks like you to live the life I deserve. And he's like, you know, what have you given me? except for a headache and he's like I gave up my own blood I told you where the drop was going to be and who all were going to be there it's not my fault that your partner God rest his soul messed it up and you know this pisses the detective off because back what is this like a year ago or some years ago he told them where his uncle was about to get out the game and you know where a drop was going to be So he told him what was going on and where they would be. And when the police got there, they must have knew that they were coming because it was a shootout war. And Omega, St. Jay, and Faze got away and his partner ended up dead. And the detective says, you think this is a game? What happens when the city of Charlotte finds out that you're an informant and have been for a while? How do you think your uncle's going to feel about that? What about FaZe? Everybody knows he ain't too right in the head. Or what about Martin Mayhew? What if he knows that you used him to keep his precious daughter in jail? What do you think is going to happen? So then Monster's heart starts to beat fast because he know you know, when word gets out that you a snitch, it's over for you. And so he's like, man, what do you want? He's like, something, anything. You want the perks of an, of an informant, do the job and do something about your son before he comes up missing. And so he has to tell him the information that he knows because he was trying to hold it out for himself. So the detective writes it down and says, you know, this better happen or you're going to regret it. And he leaves out. But like a few minutes later, his front door to his office busts open and the detective is back with his gun pointed at Omega's mom. Telling him, you know, she was sneaking out the front door as I was leaving. That's what I'm talking about. You so stupid. You too reckless. So you going to do this or me? So he looks at Omega's mom and says, damn. And he strangles her to death. 
And he knows that as soon as she took her last breath, he put a target on his back because Omega's not going to let that go. Even if his mom is a crackhead, he loves her. And Nikki is meeting up with Saint and she tells him, you know, so tell me about your ex. You know everything about mine, but I want to hear about yours. And he's like, because she's not important. She's like, we're not doing that. The biggest part of a relationship is not having any secrets. No woman should be able to walk up to me and tell me anything about my man. So tell me what's going on. So her name was Maya. They got together when they were young. He was her first and he feels like that was his mistake getting with a virgin. He didn't grow up with the best example of a relationship. So he knew that he was young, getting money, and a relationship wasn't something that he needed. But he was selfish. He didn't want... Maya with anybody else and she wanted a boyfriend so you know he gave her what she wanted but he broke her heart at the same time and it messed him up because every time he's seen her cry all he saw was his mom and it wasn't even the fact he was cheating it's just Maya wanted to be around him 24 7 and he was out making money and she was spoiled and dramatic so she threw out an ultimatum and he didn't give it to her or give her what she wanted. So he moved out and gave her the house that they had together. And she sold it and moved away. And so Nikki wants to know when the last time he saw her. And he tells her, you know, the day you saw me at the restaurant with the girl, that was her. And she was like, so she was also at the club that night. He was like, yeah, she was getting on my nerves. She has this weird notion that if she just comes back into my life, that will fall back into place. And I've already told her that wasn't the case. And, you know, as they're walking and talking, holding hands, an engine revs up coming straight towards them. And, you know, they managed to jump out the way to avoid the car hitting them. And Nikki threw a rock at the car and hit out the back window, but the driver just kept going. And it's so weird. It's like they didn't get the license plate. They don't have anything to go on. So, you know, they just keep moving with their night I guess so the next morning Nikki keeps getting calls from an unavailable caller ID so she ignores it and then they hear a crash so Saint jumps up and grabs a gun and he tells her you know go get in the closet there's a gun on the shelf don't come out until I call for you and she's like nope no way I'm not leaving you he's like sweetheart please don't bite me on this and so she goes to do what he says and then she hears him say Maya, what the fuck are you doing? So she's like, Maya. So she runs out and goes down the stairs and she stands back and she watch Maya twirl a knife and then go back to cutting something that she has on the cutting board. He's like, man, if you don't get the fuck out my house. So then Nikki makes herself visible with the gun by her side and she's looking back and forth between them because it's like, you know, he just told her it wasn't nothing going on between them. And Maya looks up and says, oh, honey, you didn't tell me that we were having company. And she puts the knife down. But this heifer comes behind the counter in a full apron with pockets. She got on a plaid shirt and creased khakis. And she's looking at, Nikki is looking at Saint like, man, what the fuck is going on? But Maya introduces herself as Maya Brayson. She's Saint's wife. And it's like, cha, just... <laughs> I'm dead. Lay me to rest. And she turns to Saint and slaps him and goes to run up the stairs. But he grabs her arm and spins her around. 
She puts the gun up to his head and says, let me go. He swears it's not like that. And she's like, I believed you. Everything you said, I believed you. You got me though. Damn. Fuck you, Saint. And so Sayora is going to Rochelle's office and she just walks straight in, even though the secretary tries to stop her. She's like, no, I got to talk to her. So she says, can I have a word? And Rochelle's on the phone and like rolls her eyes at Sayora and says, it seems as if these reformed uh, criminals weren't taught manners while they were incarcerated. And, you know, she just tries to continue her conversation. So Sayora walks over and yanks the entire phone off the wall and throws it across the room and says, I said, can I have a word now? And so she sits down and she says, so you're ready to lose it all over dick that don't belong to you, huh? And Rochelle calls the attitude. She's like, you must really think you're something. You're a convict, a murdering, drug dealing nobody. What the hell can you do for him besides bring him down with you? Is that what your husband thinks about you, Mrs. Tilly? I'm sure if the city of Charlotte knew that its superintendent's wife was a big whore, they wouldn't like it too much. And she's like, I beg your pardon? And Sayora is looking at a picture of her family and says, Lorenzo Tilly, superintendent of Charlotte, what is this, Mecklenburg School System. He drives a newer model Range Rover with tinted windows. It's re-election year, right? A big-ass scandal will surely ruin his chances in the polls, don't you think? And she reaches for her phone and pulls up a video that her lawyer sent her this morning. And she's like, I think you need to leave. And she says, I think you should call Quintrell and tell him that you are no longer representing him. And why would I do that? And she turns the phone around to show her a video of her and Monster having sex unprotected. And Rochelle tries to grab the phone, but she says, no, I'll be sure to CC you when I email this to your husband. I'm not real sure how he's going to take this. If you do, I'll, you'll what? So she has to check herself because she knows she can't fight and she knows she can't do anything to her. Because even if you manage to get the phone and erase it, how do you know she doesn't have backup somewhere? So she's like, what do you want? I want everything you have to crumble at your feet. For you to feel like what it's like to have to fight your way out of the mud. So the next time you get a chance to help someone like me, your dick dizzy ass won't fumble the ball. She's like, this is blackmail. I was like, bitch, what you thought you were doing? You pushed her case back and you were trying to get the CPS worker to find something wrong with her so she wouldn't see her son again. But now that it's you, you get to play victim? Girl, fuck you. And she tells her, you know, call it what you want. And she leaves out, you know, feeling good. She done did something. And as she's in the Uber to go back home, she gets a FaceTime from Omega. She left him sleep. So he's like, man, where you go? She's like, I had to make a run, but I'm on my way back. And Nikki's there. So, you know, make sure you put some clothes on before you come out the room. She was cooking the boys breakfast when I left. And he's like, man, why is Nikki here? You should have woke me up and I would have taken you wherever you needed to go. I'm not feeling you taking these Ubers. And she's like, you know, well, Saint did something to her, but she won't tell me what it is. She said she would handle it. And that's all I know. I really had to run out. So, you know, that's why I didn't wake you up. And when she showed up, there was no, oh, excuse me. There was no need of me interrupting you. And he's like, so where did you go? And she's like, to see Rochelle. He's like, man, she said, I behaved. 
I just made sure she backed the fuck up. Her working with Saint was a no-no. She knew everything that we were trying to do when she was working for me. So she was going to use that against me. And he smells something burning. And so he looks at her like, can Nikki even cook? She's like a little bit. But why? Is she burning something up? So he's going down the stairs and you can see that it's real foggy. So Nikki, Nikki, Nikki done burnt something up. So Omega yells out, oh shit. And then he lays the phone down and he says, Nikki, Nikki, wake up. And he tells Sayora, something is wrong with Nikki. So then it's like, where are the boys? So he's yelling out for OJ for Quest. And Sayora's like, you know, what's going on? And then you hear daddy through the phone. So that was baby OJ. And he's like, where's Quest, little man? He's gone. And OJ starts crying. He says, they hurt Nikki. And then the Uber driver tells her to hang up the phone. But she ignores him because she's like, nigga, I don't know you. You're just supposed to take me to my destination. And the Uber driver says, if you want to see your son again, I suggest you hang up the fucking phone. So she looks up and he's holding up his phone. And it's a picture of Quest sitting in the backseat of a car with tears running down his eyes. And the story is to be continued. And see, I just wanted to say, in the very beginning, I called it. And I have not read this series before. This is my first time reading it. But there was so much foreshadowing in the first book. I knew that Sayora was the one that killed Lexus. But I don't know if they mentioned that she was pregnant. I thought Lexus just died. But that's crazy, though. And I know Monster done did some bullshit or it's probably even the detective because he's like, you know, you can't be trusted to not do what I said. And your son gonna fuck around and get us both killed. So I can't trust you either. So but anyway, I hope to see you guys back tomorrow for part three where we can wrap this up and see how this all goes. And I hope everybody gets their happily ever after. Those are my favorite kind of stories. Happily ever after everybody getting what they want. So, yeah, I'll see you guys later. Peace and blessings, my beautiful people.